Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Preacher. This is Season 2, Episode 7, entitled Pig, written by Olivia Dufault, directed by Wayne Yip, premiered 731 of 2017, and I gave this episode an 8.5 out of 10. I really liked what they were doing with Cassidy and Tula. They have some emotional things on their own they're dealing with. And then we have the huge introduction to Hair Star, which comic readers know exactly how he got that uh, that eye. He brings a new threat to the show now that the saint seemingly is dealt with. So all that worked for me. I think the weakest link continues to be Jesse Custer's character. And it was highlighted in this episode because every time it went back to him and what he was doing on his own. I was absolutely disinterested. We start this episode in Vietnam. A woman looks outside to something that horrifies her. We saw that she did have a pig in her yard. And her husband, he had me cracking up. It's like, I didn't marry you for your cooking. So don't ask me if this shit is good. A man in white hair star makes his proper introduction to see if the miracle that have come to these towns is actually a miracle. And yes, Americans do give our discarded clothes away to people around the globe, and that's why he had that t-shirt on. There is a floating pig the husband is proud to show off. And in the third episode, if you recall, there was a file on his desk entitled Pig when Jesse's was added. We hop back to New Orleans, where they really got a drunk and dead card chosen based on people's reactions they find in the street due to an electrical prong. If you respond to it, then you're alive. (laughs) If you don't, you're dead. Cassidy is later mistaken for dead, though he actually is. So I guess that's apropos. But later, or currently... He's with Jesse and Tulip in the last bar in New Orleans. No God. Jesse acknowledges maybe this was a bad idea. Tulip doesn't agree or disagree. She is too busy dealing with her own demons. And Cassidy tells him no. Or coming to New Orleans is never just a waste of time. And not just for the mission. It's also a place to have fun. So let's go do that. I don't speak French perfectly, but I can tell Dennis is saying I can't breathe. He's played by Ronald Gutman. Cassidy takes them to the Hurt Locker, which they had discussed in the previous episode. He didn't take a shot to the chest wearing a bulletproof vest, where people can bet money on how quickly or if you can get up. Tulip scams with Cassidy and Jesse posing as boyfriend and girlfriend to push bets with Jesse being the preacher instigating the situation. I loved how Ruth played this scene. We don't get to see her just be fun and her facial expressions, that playful side to her, like, mmm, these guns. I'm just a little old girl. I I loved everything about that. Then Jesse tells her to choose the biggest with Cassidy being like, I don't think by her expression the biggest one was the plan 
But Cass is down. And I love that she very quickly was giving him sustenance for the L he took for the team. I mean, he was down for it. Their moment when she tells him he got this and that she loves him, followed up by the kiss. lost himself for two whole minutes and i think this was tulip genuinely wanting to kiss him because of what he did for her last episode and what he's continuing to be in her life even if that doesn't negate her being ride or die for jesse it definitely is something because she kissed him way longer than she needed to and his ass got lost as fuck Jesse's face told it all. Urge to kill. Rising. Then Dennis's face when he sees that his father is shot with a huge fucking gun and rebounds very easily. Everyone when <laughs> Jesse pronounced him dead in Tulip's well. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit. I'm out. No. Nope. I laughed so loud when she was like, no. <laughs> As stated, it's good to see this other side of her. It's usually when she's with Cassidy that the more fun, carefree side of her persona comes out. Um. But I did laugh when he said, you guys are all witnesses. They're like, the fuck I am. Dennis is talking to Cass, who doesn't understand, but at least he's attentive. Tulip is nodding off, but she doesn't want to go home and go to sleep because she's not sleeping due to the saint. She also doesn't want to be treated like a two-year-old child and put to bed because he's like, come on, it's time for you to go. Like, I'm a fucking adult. I go when I fucking want to go. And I understand he's her boyfriend. And this is supposed to be a moment of him caring. But don't talk to me like that. That's what I don't like. It's the toxic, toxic male that is so freaking annoying. Now you can say, hey, it looks like you're sleepy. Maybe we should go home. Not, you need to go to bed like I'm taking care of you. (laughs) Oh, I love how Ruth, once again, she's angry. Like, fuck you. And she's drunk. But she also can mimic him. <laughs> Which is probably the most chemistry I've seen between the two actors the entire time that they've been playing love interests. I also think it's a little telling that in this moment, the way in which Cassidy is forgotten, they just walk off without him, not even saying goodbye. It's not even that I think they don't care. It's that their own... They're in their own little world. They have their own little, like, their relationship that's not included in the friendship. Then, randomly, this Michael Moore lookalike that also happens to be a French professor rises from his stupor to be like, Look, um, I'm a French professor, and you're talking about great. Look, I need to tell you what he's actually saying. You're an awful absent father, and that he's dying of congenital heart failure. But there is a way that Cassidy can make it up to him by turning him into a vampire. Nope. 
No one needs to tell Cassidy there's Google Translate. I'm not sure if he's aware. And I'm not even mad that he might not be fully aware of that something technology can do because he was born in a time without technology. <laughs> or at least not a lot of it. So then it says, I will die hating you if you do not do this for me. On the telly, Vietnam is celebrating their new messiah while Hair Star tells the team to prepare to handle the situation. Then cancels as he will himself handle the situation, noticing something in the water. The boy is just cleaning his shoes. He tells him you missed a spot, but that's okay. He was young and hairless once. Flashback to 2004. German Nazi, part of the elite anti-terrorist unit. I call him a Nazi because that's exactly what he is. When he applies for membership to the Grail. We finally get to know about that organization that's been hinted at quite a few times. He said, I was told there will be women brothel stuff with Ukrainian runaways. The one dude, he's got this like soft voice to him like he touches children on a daily basis. He wants to rid the world, hair star, of parasites that befoul society and replace it with absolute order. Hence, the Nazi. And he says, well, what if I could tell you we have control over so and so on and so forth? He's like, like a 10 inch dick. I need to see it to believe it. Clearly, you don't watch Pornhub. There is one catch. They only consider the most pious candidate. So he's like, yeah, then I'm a Christian. <laughs> That's what I have to say to get what I want. Tulip is having nightmares suffering once again from that ptsd from her experience with the saint it's the first time she really felt fear but fear on a otherworldly way she ends up having a dream within a dream those are the worst and i will say those sequences back to back were relatively really well done because as you're reliving the experience it is rather abstract when you are reliving an experience so her just seeing cassidy's fingers falling you know what could have happened to him or the brutality he suffered protecting her her being helpless and paralyzed at that moment and then just seeing the saint when he picked her up the full force and sheer willpower that she can't beat she does reveal to jesse that she's having nightmares who remarks that he was and also remarks that he was late and she almost died and Cassidy lost his fingers saving her and she isn't past it so Jesse's annoyance because she knows something is wrong because he didn't do as he said and get rid of the man instead has him alive suffering at the bottom of a swamp decides to treat her like she's imagining her fear it's lingering because she knows that it's still present it's still a threat and she's connected to that he wants to talk to the raving preacher and is pissed off that she doesn't want to come though they have risked death for his mission not to mention never wanting to come in the first place have ran out of ideas and still you committed i think i've given enough of myself in your quest for god did wait way too long to get into Jesse's story because by the time they get to season three 
You must believe he is the most disliked person for an antagonist you ever could present. And I think that they really thought they were presenting it in a manner that never caught. He's also very jealous, I think, of the growing bond between Cassidy and Tulip. Like the kiss. I'm sure he's not stupid. Then the fact that he is dedicated and that they he knew Cassidy knew a secret before Tulip told him. Then she keeps asking, where's Cassidy? So it's starting to get on his nerves a little bit that there is someone else that can stand up to being the man for Tulip that he himself thinks is only his title. Back to 2004, I mean, he fucking got a tattoo that says, ain't gonna tell people it's my Tulip. <sighs> I know. It could be sexy in one way. It also could be very abusive in another depends on the temperature in the room the man himself though is in the morgue back to 2004 hair star has a nipple chain and amongst the other more beefy men applying already he's taking control making a case to validate his parking this is the most Boy Scout amateur recruitment I have ever seen to the most fascist song imaginable. To avoid being destroyed by the outmatched wrestler, he apologizes in advance but says, I gotta do what I gotta do, so he masturbates to distract him. Get out of here. I told you that bitch crazy. Then adds insult to injury when the guy's like, yeah, you can use whatever tactic you need to to distract people by beating him with a golf club. I don't know where he got the fucking golf club, but he got it and he beat him with it. He does fail. At least I'm giving him a fail at the art of seduction. The one dude was like talking the girl, making her all sweat and wet in her drawers. He gets to her like, uh, give me the fucking chip or I will kill you and your family. With two men left, with a clear indication on who's going home with the gold, he decides to kill the most qualified candidate. <laughs> When he realizes that he cannot hit all of the bullets in the bullseye. The guy who recruited him welcomes him to the team. Is disappointed to learn that... Uh, Hair Star is disappointed to learn that Christ is behind their dominance. He was really hoping for some atomic warfare. Uh, he learns that Jesus fathered a child and the Grail is responsible for protecting that lineage. He's told some very interesting news about Doomsday. All is going to come to an end. Their sources, quote unquote sources, tell them that it's on the rise and that when the world falls to its knees looking for protection and guidance, they will reveal their second savior with the world at their knees wanting to be saved. Begging from direction like an ugly girl at a gangbang. I mean, Hairstar is definitely one for the words. <laughs> this is also when a lot of people started losing their shit and jumping on a lot of bandwagons, usually protesting against this show. I mean, to each their own. I, myself, think that they are talking about fictional characters. <laughs> 
but if you are that hard i can see why this would be an upsetting thing and yes i wouldn't recommend it to my mama however i mean that is part this is all part and parcel for the comic so you wouldn't have watched the tv show if you were like like i said uh previously the show was very much being made for the people who either really are into the idea of the show or more likely read the comics he's in doctrine into the samson unit that deals with false idols that could compete with crisis throne they have to stop any emerging narrative and are responsible for the deaths of charlemagne you don't know charlemagne he is the father of europe lincoln and belushi sometimes they throw out a name and they meant it to be funny but it's not as funny as they probably thought it was when they wrote it he is made right hand man but he takes the number one spot tossing his predecessor off the balcony boy and that is how he rose to power cassidy sees a couple mourning their grandpa or dad i don't know it can't possibly be their child <laughs> when a nurse remarks it's better to be the grieving person than the dead one tulip is still restless with her anxiety so decides to confront it head on by returning to the hurt locker telling all the men to piss them off enough how she scammed them and they decide to win their money back by shooting at her though she imagines that the saint is the threat she's desperately trying to overcome and once she's had a taste of it she wants some more i did not even a little bit follow what jesse and the preacher were talking about because quite frankly i did not care the pig situation is handled with hair star poisoning the entire village his next stop is to jesse custer who's watching on the tv about the situation with the pig not aware of the danger coming his way which was covered up as contaminated water that made the pig float which stephen hawking co-signs and when the interviewer's like this sounds a little farcical he's like remind me are you a scientist otherwise and that's the end of the episode r.i.p stephen hawking great man interesting theories very smart definitely told us don't fuck with aliens (laughs) so that is our episode for this week we do have feedback so let's hear queen shy's hot take Christina is me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Preacher episode 8, I think. This is the floating pig one. So I think that's episode 8. But anyway, um, I was trying to give myself some time to figure out how I felt about this episode because there were parts of it that I really struggled to keep me engaged in it and then there are parts that i really enjoyed so as i guess it's a mix i have mixed feelings about it um 
And uh, yeah, I listened to your podcast from the previous episode and I really enjoyed your um, thoughts on Jesse because that was so true. I liked how you put it and um, and explaining why and all that stuff. So it really um, helped me understand what my issue is with this the character Jesse. Um, and what did you say? He looked like a chipmunk. Or <laughs> I don't know the animal, but it had me cracking up. Oh my! Oh my gosh! She did not just say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, maybe who, who knows? Maybe if I if I found him more attractive, I would be more. I mean, call me superficial. Maybe that would have helped me tolerate his <laughs> his personality more, <laughs> but. It it just it's it's rough. It's it's rough for me. I, I'm I'm really struggling, and I mean he's there. He's always there, and he's gets on my nerves. And he, the way he treats Tulip, I don't like it. I don't like him and Tulip's relationship. I don't like Jesse, and so it makes it hard for me to root for him and root for anything that is associated with him. Because I'm like, he's not quite the good guy. And again, you you did a, a great job of explaining all of that and, you know, his actions and the issues with his actions and all that stuff. And I was like, yes, that's 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 it. And you know, I'm glad you you were able to articulate it because it was just, you know, it was just it's, it's a lot. And so like, even though I thought, it, you know, it was smart of him to come up with to figure out, you know, that given the killer of saints his soul a portion of his soul would make have him be able to control him it's still all what you said in that last episode was still problematic in, in all of that in that mindset but again it, he can he can really when it comes to being manipulative conniving or whatever the term you want to use he's definitely uh you know very does it very well and another thing that i come to realize about jesse that probably is problematic for me and it just happened i'm having a hard time you know warming up to his character and i don't know if having the backstory is going to help with that but he reminds me of my ex my children's father um back in the day when we were together <laughs> his friends had this little nickname for me 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 because it, he can turn anything, any, any subject, whatever, situation that had nothing to do with him and make it about him because it, it was just about self. And I, I explained some other things in other podcasts about just how he is or how he was when I was with him. I mean, he's still like that, but um, I'm not with him, so I don't have to deal with it on that, on that level. But it's like... <clears throat> And I, and he's and he had he's had his backstory too, and there's a reason why he is the way he is. But does that mean that I like it or that I, you know, was able to get along with him? No, eventually, no. Those things, you know, really put obviously a huge uh, wrench in our relationship to where we're no longer together. And so, I mean, I look at Jesse and I look at Tulip, and I just don't like the way he treats her and again regardless of what his reasoning is how he was raised how she was raised I get all that but that doesn't mean that it's right 
the way he treats her and that I should like it or just give him a pass because he had a rough childhood or whatever his childhood was. Um, no, he doesn't treat her right. I mean, and I, <laughs> and I know Tulip as well. It, I mean, they both, but it's just like, I, you know, my heart's always going to be, you know, where it is. And so, um, and of course I don't like Jesse, so that doesn't help. But it's, um, I mean, they're both doing wrong things, things that are wrong, but I just don't, I just, I can't get with it. I can't, I mean, not that I'm shipping anything, cause, but they are together and I can't ship this, um, the, this relationship. But I did like how they explored um, Tulip's um, feelings about um, everything that happened with the killer saint, uh, her and we'll just say PTSD for lack of better term um after everything that happened in the last episode her um not you know having and you explained that very well in the last uh, in your podcast but her brush with death I mean it's really still affecting her she's really having a hard time getting past that she's having nightmares she there's this resentment towards Jesse and the fact that you know really if it wasn't for the fact that Cassidy you know came in and saved the day she would be dead because he put their lives at risk and then he really didn't come through um and then it was somebody else it was Cassidy it's just that they lucked out that Cassidy was there to help until he was able to get there and of course you know it's like he doesn't even it's like it's, he's not even comprehending that she's explaining that to him and he can't um can't relate to what she's saying and it's like dude I mean you know I mean you gotta uh, it's, it's like and he doesn't he just doesn't what's the word comfort her the way he needs to and try to be there for her he's out there trying to find it's like can you stop, take a moment, you know, and be there for Tulip? She's obviously struggling with everything that happened. She's having a hard time. And yet you're not even, it's not even on your radar. You're, you're already on to the next thing to try to find this, this God that, I mean, again, I'm trying to figure out like why, why? I mean, and, and you said that very well. It's like, you know, he's become, he's becoming the very thing that he's, judging and so um so aka hypocrite we got this um here what's the star here star i was like what is going on with this character and so and then the flying pig and him showing up to that and i just knew that i mean he was gonna kill those people i just didn't know in what fashion i thought he was gonna like actually kill kill him like get a weapon and kill him but he poisoned them um with in the water but it's like this he was just creepy from start to finish it was everything about him his training i mean a part of me was cracking up because it was just so outrageous and then a part of me you know was like oh my gosh this dude don't give a care about anything i mean it was like i when you just cannot trust people like this like why would he (laughs) anyway oh my gosh he just don't give a flying foo-foo um so yeah that was interesting and of course we finally got to understand what Dennis was saying and so my thing is and I know you know because I have um 
you know, a friend of mine lives in New Orleans. I know they speak French, but I'm like, there's, and I'm, I think it's more that he understands and can speak. He just chooses not to. Because how, I mean, even in being raised in New Orleans, he had to have gone to public school or some school or something to where he's exposed to English. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still not understanding or thinking that he should know some English at this point. But, you know, Cassidy was still on that denial juice until this episode. We finally got somebody that could translate. So that was great. I'm glad that we got to know a little bit of what <laughs> Dennis is thinking and feeling. That's all I'm going to say about this one. Um, I mean, I'm going to just let you go ahead and give your recap. And, you know, you explain things a whole lot better than I can anyway. So um, I'll just let it be known. Just giving my overall thoughts and feelings on certain things. And yes, going from there. So until next time, much love, peace and black girl magic. Queen of the couch. Shy. That was Shy with her thoughts on the episode. My daughter just came in my room. She's like, I want to talk to you about something. I was like, I'm annoyed at my computer. She's like, okay, I'm going to come back because what I'm going to talk about, you're going to get annoyed even more. <laughs> annoyed. <laughs> so we're going to wait for that conversation. I'm like, you know me so well. But back to your feedback. So uh, I think that you articulate very well uh, what it is that you, you know, Jesse's a bothersome character. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm not going to not be dragging him for filth every time he acts the way. I was thinking about it too. Men from the South, I don't know what it is. It's because they're, it's, they're not as progressive, right? So they do have this very mindset way of how a woman is supposed to defer to a man. And Jesse definitely has that 100%. Cassidy or the actor that plays him is the hottest guy in the world. But women flock to him because of his personality. And in the show, it's the exact same way. You want to, it's who you want to hang out with. I want to hang out with that other guy. I want to hang out with you. I would never want to hang out with Jesse. Um... What else? Oh, I would have to say that, yes, INFJs, I think I've said this before, are pretty much prey for narcissists because we are givers and they're selfish. <laughs> My ex is a narcissist to the 20th power of N and cyst. So I know all about that situation. Let me tell you, they can drag you to some places. They got, they fucked up, man. And maybe we'll make that a special podcast. <laughs> What's your narcissist experience? Uh, Tulip is tough. So in Jesse's mind, I'm not saying this as a, uh, a reasoning or a good reasoning. She'll rebound, right? Like you'll get over it. Why aren't you getting over it? You get over everything else. Why aren't you getting over it? So Jesse just has a hard time evolving, period. <laughs> As I stated, uh, maybe stated, I don't know. He's devolving. Not great. Ruth Nega, still love her. Watching everything she's in. The same with, um, shit. I should know Cassidy's name. How do I not know his name right now? It's bothering me. But you know who he is. <laughs> but I would never watch any. Dominic Cooper was in it. I'd be like, fuck that. He sucks. 
What's another actress that I just... Oh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Can't... I cannot stand her. On some personal level. Sometimes it's not even... It does not need to make sense for it to just... it. They do not work for me at all. Doesn't matter what they do. It is the same reaction. So that's just going to be your feeling toward Jesse. Settle in. There'll be more to talk about. <laughs> that is our episode for this week. If you want to send feedback on the next episode, blackhawkcouch.gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.